Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name's Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher, yoga student, and a yoga business coach. And I'm here to support you to share your yoga with the people in your community who really need it. So if you're an amazing yoga teacher, but you sometimes struggle with the business part of what it is that you do, you're in the right place. I hope you thoroughly enjoy everything I've got in store for you. And if you have any suggestions, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, reach out to me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two, season 10 What of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. It's great to be dropping another episode for you this week. So I have another interview lined up for you, uh, who and I'll introduce you to in just, just one moment. Suffice it to say, such a good conversation, we didn't get it all done. And so this is part one of a two-part conversation and um, yeah, it, it's a good one. It's a good one. I think you're, I think you're going to love it. I, as you will probably tell, <laughs> I loved recording it. Before I do that though, I wanted to do a quick shout out because uh, this week I have had uh, a con- completion sessions with uh, two of my private yoga business coaching clients, uh, Patricia and Kelly, both finished up working with me this week. And I have had a delightful time with those women, uh, helping them grow, serve and shine in their yoga businesses. What that means is I now have two empty spots. If you would like to hire me as your business coach for six months, I'll put the link in the episode notes if you want to find out what all of that is about, how it works, who it's good for, what people have to say about it, etc. And I um, I was thinking about this during the week and I was going to do exactly this, an announcement about the program. And then I I just came to mind that I always offer this Grow, Serve and Shine uh, at 25% off in November. It's an annual thing. I've been doing it for years. Uh, A bunch of my clients... (laughs) <laughs> seem to just go buy it again every year, um, which is fab because they're fab. Um, and it just felt, felt a bit weird to me. It's October tomorrow to not extend that sale to these two current vacancies. You know, it's like if you go in and buy something and then the next week it's on sale and you're like, dang. So if you have been thinking about working with me or hiring me to support you to grow your business uh, in a one-to-one context, and that's, like I said, it's a six-month, as much Amy as you can stand kind of opportunity. If you've been thinking about that, I do have two places open and I would like to bring forward, just for those two spots, the um, Black Friday sale, which means they are 25% off. So that's a two and a half grand saving. Um, there's a payment plan option. There's a pay in full option. You can go and check out all of the information, the link in the episode notes, or it's amymcdonald.com.au forward slash coaching. Um, you can't just buy it, uh, one, because I'm keeping the code to get the discount secret, <laughs> but also because we need to talk first um, it, to make sure that we're going to be the right fit. Um, it's not the right coaching package for everybody. And in fact, uh, you know, um, I've said that to people, <laughs> you don't need me, you need something else. Um, and I want to make sure that I have the skills that will be supportive for what you're working on and what you need and that we just have good chemistry, right? Cause if we're going to go on this journey together for what can sometimes turn out to be 
eight months instead of six, just the way life happens. Um, you know, we, we want to have fun. We want to get along. So if you're interested, I'll also put the link into book in a time to talk with me. Uh, that's 45 minutes zoom. Um, pretty, all that looks like is I ask you loads of questions to get a sense of where you're at, what you're working on, what you need, what I think I might be able to help you with. You ask me any questions about, um, how it all works, uh, what you can expect from me, all of that good stuff. It's not a pushy sales call. That stuff is gross. And, um, you know, back in the day when I first started coaching, I got taught how to do all of that horrible coercive bullshit stuff and it never felt good to me. And I've had it done to me when I've thought I'm just having a conversation with someone. Then all of a sudden they're trying to, you know, can't you just cash in your retirement fund? No, fuck off. Uh, that's not what this is. This is a legit conversation about, hey, do we like each other? Do I think I can, you know, genuinely do I think I can help you? Um, do you like what I've got to say about how it would work? And if it's a, you know what, yeah, it's a no for us, then the way that I figure, uh, we've just had a great conversation and I love talking to yoga teachers. Um, so, if you're interested, uh, if you've been thinking about maybe hiring me, if that might be the right next step for you or, you, you, you know, you, you suspect it might be, do book in for a time to chat. There are just the two spots available in my calendar at the moment because otherwise I am fooled up with amazing uh, clients. Um, check it out. And uh, yeah, I'd like to, if you if it is for you and we do fit and you would like to sign up, I'll give you the code to access the 25% off because that just feels better to me <laughs> and it's my business and I get to do whatever the hell I like there. Okay. So let's go to introduce you to our guest this week, Tori Hicks-Gwagowski. Tori um, booked in for, we met because well, she's, we've been following each other on the socials, but she booked in for a one-off um, coaching session at, uh, you know, 90 minute. No, yeah, no, 45. Anyway, whatever. She booked in for a coaching session. And I just thought this woman was so fab, I wanted her on my show. Uh, anyway, let me read you the proper bio and then I'll get into it. Uh, Tori has been teaching well over a decade and practicing since 2005. With over a thousand hours of yoga education under her belt and counting, she knows all too well how the practice of yoga can transform your life. Beginning as a Bikram yoga instructor in 2011, Tori also sought out certifications in level two traditional Hatha yoga and sea yoga, didn't ask her about that, among many others. She's a certified RAD yoga mobility specialist with expertise in self-myofascial release techniques and was a coach for USA Yoga, training yogis for yoga competitions. Gosh, that was a joke. That was a really bad nerdy yoga joke. Gosh. Uh, Tori <laughs> published her book. God, I even make myself groan sometimes. Tori published her book, Views from the Podium, the Life and Times of a Hot Yogi in 2018, which chronicles her experience as a hot yoga instructor of the 26 and 2 series. Her superpower is to take a student stuck in the beginner yoga world and move them into something much more challenging and fun, teaching them the foundations and fundamentals to fly, float and bend in a whole new way to transform not only their practice, but their lives. Here's some, um, a little summary of what you can expect. Obviously, I had to ask about what's it like training with Mr. Black Undies, and we talked about that. We had a really great conversation just as two women who have been through it about the whole 
mess of, okay, so my lineage, the leader of my lineage turned out to be a shit bird. What do I do now? Um, and what can I keep and what do I have to throw away and how do I feel okay about that? Uh, I think we should, um, I think we should read Tori's book in the Patreon book club. So if you're up for that, it would have to be next year because we're filled up already so far this year. Uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about reclaiming advanced asana because I think, you know, in our, in our, and this, and both are true at the same time, I want to be clear in our desire to be accessible in the real sense of it, right? Um, and and just the nature of the types of people that hang out in the abundant yoga teacher community, you know, we do celebrate and embrace simplicity and the entry level, if you like, asana. And sometimes I think advanced asana amongst folks like us can get a bad rap, you know, or that like it's Insta yoga or something. Um, and so we talk about what we both experienced for ourselves in discovering more advanced poses. And obviously these are, you know, as yoga teaches us, as soon as we put something into words, it, it, it automatically, it's, it's reductive straight away. You know, you can't possibly capture the nuance and um, real information of something simply by uh, putting it into a, a, a word, it's already dumbed down and, and missing of meaning. So even even the words advanced obviously is absurd, but you know what I mean, right? Like the, the ones that people do tend to get lots of likes when they're all oiled up and naked on Instagram. But uh, Tori and I enjoy practicing them or the degree that I can anymore uh, while not being oiled up naked on a beach just because it actually taught us a lot about who we are. And that's what she really loves to do with her studentship um, and she also had some great things to say about how she sets up her uh, online stuff because she has a you know an online studio anyway as you can say I'm rave I'm totally fangirling her which is why she's coming back for another interview <laughs> I hope you enjoy this chat even if it's like 35 percent as much as I did you're in for a great listen uh, enjoy my conversation with Tori and set yourself up with a booking to talk if you're interested in that uh, Grow Seven Shine one-to-one six-month coaching package with the 25% off. Otherwise, uh, it'll be around again in November. All right, folks, here you go. Have you been looking for an ongoing meditation community where you can work with experienced educators? Perhaps Cloud Sangha, which is an intimate, mindful meditation community, might be the place to go. This is a new community with Tara Brack and Jack Cornfield being among the co-founding teachers, and it's really quite different from other meditation apps. First, it's not your basic get started with meditation impersonal app. This is instead a platform where you can join real community discussion groups and be seen and heard by experienced teachers. You can choose the days and times that work for you and enjoy 60-minute discussions that include meditation, sharing and discussion, and connection with other members of the Cloud Sangha community. There's also a community meditation option where you can feel the power of collective practice and sit with other people during 30-minute guided meditations. There's community talks with Jack and Tara and other exceptional teachers and a full recorded mindfulness library. So if you've been looking for an experienced mentor or if you're a yoga teacher who wants to learn from people a little further down the road from you and be a student again instead of the teacher... If you're looking for a sense of community where people show up at the same time and sit with the same people, 
Cloud Sangha have extended to us a free trial. Take a look, sign up for some classes, enjoy some of the community meditations and get a sense of what the platform has to offer. This is a really beautiful company, not just for what they have to share with us, but also what they stand for. And I'm really excited to let you know about them. Head over to Cloud Sangha forward slash Amy McDonald and sign up for a free trial and let me know how you go. Tori, welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Lovely to have you as a guest. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, can we start with you just telling us a little bit about yourself? Give us your impromptu right in this present moment bio. My In my present moment bio. Okay. Uh -huh. My name is Tori Hicks-Glogowski. I have been a yoga teacher for over a decade. I started in 2011 as a Bikram yoga instructor. Currently, I teach online. I've had a long journey <laughs> when it comes to yoga teaching. Yeah. And so I've um, definitely gone through a lot of progression and changed my mind about quite a few things along the way. And so Currently, I teach a blend of classes that I have created online that teach uh, mainly women, mostly women, all women, really, uh, in midlife. So late 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond, uh, how to get out of beginner's yoga and learn to do more advanced things such as deeper mm -hmm. back bending, arm balances, mm -hmm. and inversions, mm -hmm. and empowering them through yoga and opening them up to the possibilities. Cause I feel like when you open yourself up to possibilities in your yoga practice and maybe taking on those things that might feel a little scary or not for you, then you start to open yourself up to maybe other spaces in your life where you're holding yourself back and mm. how to explore those as well. So we kind of work through all of that <laughs> and yeah. what I currently do, but that is, that is, you know, kind of where I am right now yeah I, there's so much um I'm so excited to have this conversation and we'll come back to this later but th but something that um you know speaking with you and thinking about what you offer something that really comes up for me is the um re-embracing advanced asana because it almost seems like we're at a point now where advanced poses have become demonized oh yes. you don't need to do that that's just for Instagram and I think um I'm like I said, well, let's come back to it, but I am really excited to open up the conversation about the benefits of advanced asana, not for your Instagram, but actually because exactly like you said, and that's definitely been my journey with my developing practice over the years, what it did for my confidence and self-esteem and sense of, well, shit, if I can actually get my bum a millimeter off the ground for a sort of lolasana, then maybe I can have that difficult conversation with someone, you know, it's, it's that that was so useful yes. for me. Oh yeah. my gosh. And that is what has really been my journey as well. You know, I, there's so much in my yoga practice that I never thought was for me. Yeah. And that I look back and think, holy crap, like I teach this to people, <laughs> you know, Tori from 10 years ago would be yeah. Like it just would not, would just shake her head like that. That can't be possible that you teach this. Um, 
but it really, I mean, you never forget like that first arm balance or the first time you go into Kapatasana and grab your heels, you never forget those moments mm -hmm. and they create a solid memory for you in the fact that you were able to go beyond your limitations. Mm. And so I think that's what makes it so empowering to do advanced asana. Mm. And also probably, I, I think it's also about the discipline, right? Because, because you have to commit to something unless you happen to be one of those people who can just drop into anything, hyper flexible, like, oh, I mean, damn, it, I, I don't know. When did I start yoga when I was eight? It wasn't until I did my teacher training when I was, oh, I don't know, 30 two or something I, I, like I didn't know like tree pose was as advanced as a trick on us now well, look at me like that was as advanced as it got for a long yeah. time um but the, and, the, and the commitment and the humility to just go okay not today not like like scissor kick hands, handstand not today not today not today absolutely <laughs> and uh, you know and I teach that in my classes too there will be moments where I'll be demoing a posture and you know it doesn't go great you yeah. know uh, you know, nine times out of 10 goes great. That 10th time, it doesn't. And I have, that is also a lesson, right? For the students that I have in front of me. It's not about being perfect in your practice. You're not going to be able to do all of this stuff every single day. And sometimes that's your yoga too, is just accepting like, you know, um, it, it was funny. I had a conversation with a student this week. She's like, when that stuff happens to you, you've trained us to be like, we know where you're going. We'll give it a grip. You know, we'll give it a try. We've got, yeah. you know, we've got A, B, and C. We know where you're headed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I remember when I first started teaching stuff like that, when a demo would go wrong, oh, oh my God, I would think about it for hours afterwards. And now I'm just kind of like, now I'm kind of like, whatever, you know, I did so much other stuff in that class that one moment didn't go, you know, perfect. And we all learn from it because, you know, I, I think that it's really important in an advanced asana practice to have a good sense of humor. Mm. Uh, so I do like to keep it light. You know, mm. there's nothing wrong with the yoga fumble. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, I, I, it yeah. And, and I guess if anything, and, and even when you're saying they don't go great, I mean, there's just infinite ways to measure what great is exactly. anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So. Let's go. Let's go back to the beginning because I we got to talk about we got to talk about the B word. We got to, Tori. <laughs> sure. um, so I want to know, like, wh what got you started with the Bikram style? Was what was your what was your gateway? My gateway. Okay, so back in those days, the first time I took Bikram yoga class, I was twenty eight years old. Yep. Uh, I'm forty five now, so it's been a long journey and a long time on my mat. 45 Almost. is the age of all perfected exceptional beings. Can I just? I think so too. <laughs> Until next year and then it's 46, but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I love right, it. Go on. Go on. So, <laughs> so uh, I began when I was 28 years old. We had just moved. I live in the uh, western suburbs of Chicago. So I'm mm -hmm. out in the Neighborville area. And we had just moved here. I was a musical theater actress at the time. And I was traveling, I would get these gigs where I'd be gone for three months or six months, and then I'd come home. And at, before we moved here, my husband, he's a choir teacher and a general music educator in the public ah. school. So he lived, we lived, our home base was 
uh, on the Mississippi River on the Illinois side. Mm-hmm. I was on the other side, for those of you that are listening from all over the world. So I'm on the edge of Illinois, and I'm three hours from Chicago. And uh, it was really hard for me to get to auditions. So we mm. had just we had just made the decision not to go to New York. I went and spent some time in New York and was like, I can visit and do auditions there. But Chicago has always been home. Yeah. And I felt like I I also could see how a married actress could live well in Chicago, where yeah. it, it's a little harder in New York. Sure. Uh, so uh, we moved here, and he found a job in this area. So that's why we were in the Western suburbs. Both of us mm-hmm. grew up in the Northwestern suburbs. So we nice. were here and we were taking a walk and I found, we saw this sign for Bikram yoga and there were like flames coming out of it. All right. It's 1990. No, it's 2000. It's 2005. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. Flames yeah. coming out of it. And back then I was 28 and I loved intense things. And yeah. that just looked right up my alley like mm-hmm. they're gonna light me on fire while I do yoga let's go do that yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah um so and for some reason I feel like 2005 was really a lot of people started Bikram yoga in 2005 mm. so for some reason it was around that time where things must have been just popping for that I was, I was so into it then I remember the studio I used to go to and the tiger oh. skin and the big framed picture and the smell of the carpet and I yeah it made you just yeah. feel like yes it was, it was totally <laughs> disgusting but it's like yeah yeah I loved, I it. Know. loved it like I can't believe I spent as much time in my life doing that much sweaty things <laughs> that much sweat for as long as I did considering where I am right now with my yoga practice but at the time I loved it and I was mm. had it this I kept get hired I was a vocalist when it comes to the musical theater mm-hmm, world mm-hmm. But I'm tall. I'm 5'9", and especially back then, I looked like a showgirl. So I kept getting hired as a showgirl because none of the other dancers really could hold the vocal line. But they're like, but she can sing, even though she can't really dance that well. Well, she'll sing it. And I would always, like, pick up choreography very quickly. Thank God I had some sort of an skill to do that, Uh, though. By no means, if you worked with me, would you be like, yeah, she's a dancer. But I got hired to dance through my 20s. So there was always this need to feel like a dancer. And I think for Mm. whatever reason, that's what drew me to do yoga. And I had a dance call the next day and was like, I'm going to go light my skin on fire and try this Bikram yoga thing. (laughs) And uh, so I did it and it felt familiar to me. It felt like, hmm taking a jazz class instead of a yeah. ballet class, yeah. you know, like yep. straight lines, no turnouts. Uh, there was just some, something very familiar at the same time, something very strange about it. Right. And it was so hot. I was wearing these cotton flowy pants <laughs> that after minutes were like stuck to my legs. <laughs> and it was a packed room. It was absolutely packed. So I felt like I had walked into like this new dimension mm. and new phase and I walked out of there thinking, well, I would do that again. But I by no means was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. What happened is my husband got into it. And then ah. he started really liking it. So we would end up going together over the next two years. And then one day he went into Pada Astasana and they said, pull as hard as you can on your heels. And his brain went, I don't want to. And he never went back. Oh, <laughs> so that's my <laughs> 
like it was just like quit telling me what to do is what he he like he just had this thought like I don't want to anymore do you think and it so, was Shaktipat do you think it was some like divine intervention stop I have go. no idea yeah who knows <laughs> I have no idea but for me the yoga started taking over so I would be mm. on the in these shows that where I would be away from home for a long time and I would find a studio in the area and that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense because it's so familiar you can go anywhere and you know what you're going to get exactly I can can imagine being on the road it would just be like here's one thing that I can go to that will feel give me a sense of continuity yep yeah yep it felt like a home base and so it, and even back then, I would have auditions in downtown Chicago, and I would look like, where could I take class after mm. that audition? Mm. Or I would be that girl that would be like, where's your shower after class? I have an audition in 30 minutes, and I'm like soaking wet. So it started started becoming more important to me, mm. the yoga, than, yeah. than the, the acting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I was at a point where... I did it for 11 years, musical theater. Most people don't have that kind of run. A lot of people in the business for two, maybe four years, and then it gets tiring and Mm. old. There's a lot of rejection and a lot of just like a lot of metaphysical life lessons learned. I bet. (laughs) Wow. Just like to have the self-confidence to just keep getting back up and keep getting back up. And I was just getting tired of being away from home. Yeah. And I was married through this whole thing. So 11 years married, 11 years doing this. And it was starting to become unfun. And I had always said I would do something else if it was not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was there. Mm -hmm. I was definitely there. And so I had this conversation with my husband about, I think I want to go to teacher training. Like, what do you think? And he was like, why not? Like, that's all you talk about. Like, all you talk about is yoga. It's all you talk about. And you barely talk about musical theater or any of that mm. stuff anymore. And so uh, he's really, uh, he knows me the best on the planet, sure. you know, yeah, for yeah. sure. So whenever he says something like that, I always pay attention. Yeah. And so, and then it just felt like this green light. As soon as I hate made the decision to go, everything just kind of cleared its way and I was supposed to go. And then I went and, um, it was not easy. <laughs> so, okay. So I, because I, I'm sure there are other people who are listening and wanting to see this picture more clearly. And also because uh, in the Patreon book and film club, uh, for September, we watched the biopic about Yogananda awake and, um, there's pre actually you're a rapist and a financial fraud. There's Mr. Chowdhury, you know, look at me, yep. look at like talking of all of his uh, word salad wisdom with all of the photos of himself behind him. And, uh, you know, when the m- movie was made, everybody would have been like, oh yeah, like him or not, he's an impressive yogapreneur. Like the, the dude speaks with authority, even though it doesn't quite make sense. And now looking back on that film, it's like, oh, uh, I, oh. but um, so I, I I've spoken to a few people who have been who've done that training. Where did you do it? Was he sitting in that armchair with the air conditioning vents on him? Was it like you see on the doco? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Hey, I'm jumping in for a second because I want to tell you about an exciting update over at Offering Tree. Offering Tree have been sponsoring this show for a while now. Why? Because they're awesome and they help yoga teachers, particularly those of us who are a little bit about tech, look great online and have a website where the back end is easy to use and gets the job done. Here's the scoop. They are now offering some really good software for yoga studios. So if you are one of the many yoga studio owners that I have spoken to who feels beholden to a particular software in order to keep your studio running, there's somewhere else to turn. Moreover, Offering Tree have got great capacity to run reports and I know having worked with people who have the other software, you know what I'm talking about. It's really hard to find out where your business is at in any given moment and trying to customize reports so that you can, I don't know, tell your coach what's going on. Really hard. Not anymore. Offering Trees Studio software also uh, lets you manage your own data. Hello. And it's also a more affordable option. So if you uh, have been kind of feeling itchy about making the move to some software that's really got you in mind and can do what you need, go check it out. Offeringtree.com forward slash Amy McDonald. You can find out more about it over there. And uh, yeah, take a look. Uh, it might be time for a change. Okay, so I have been practicing since 2005 and yep. I did not go to teacher train since 2011, which is not the journey. No, of no, no. Wow. Usually. You, you are all, yeah. you are late. I was late. Usually yeah. you practice for like six months and you're like, I have to do this with my life, right? Mm -hmm. I was very reserved. People told me for those six years, you should go, you should go, you'd be great. And I would be like, no, like I wow. love what I do. Why would I go do this other thing? Yeah. So by the time I went, I I had heard all the stories. Yeah. I knew it was going to suck. <laughs> you know, like I knew it was going to be. Here's my hard. thousands of dollars. I'm ready for this to. Yeah. Okay. So I knew it was going to be super, super hard. Uh, and I remember thinking there was this one instructor that I was asking advice from before I left for training. And I said, what do you, you know, what, what do you think about training? What do you recommend for me? And she goes, just know it's so hot. And like <laughs> the look on her face was just like, <laughs> I mean, and I, and I didn't get it. Like I was like, yeah, it's always hot. Like I just didn't get it, but it was next level hot. So hotter um, than the actual classes. Um, they, they bring it up to like 125 back uh, then. Siri. Yeah. Hey, Siri. How yeah. hot is 125 Fahrenheit in Celsius? Jesus. Yeah, it was that hot. Will, that will cook you. 51.7 if, if Siri didn't come through on my microphone. Bloody hell. At least that's what we we're told. And honestly, that's what it feels like. Um, so... <sighs> It's like there being in central, it's like being in central Australia in summer. Like you just can't, you can't breathe. You can't. <clears throat> and there's 400 people in the room doing yoga with you too. So it's not like you have space, you know. The viral uh, load. It's just not the same now post pandemic when you think about all those people in a hot, wet room. <laughs> so, it, you know, um, what I did to survive that training uh, was I learned the dialogue before I left. I actually taught oh. the class before I left. So I didn't have any of these late nights. Yeah, cramming. Cramming. Yep. I just 
made it through training. Yeah. Like just make it through the classes. But did you have uh, some enjoyable parts? Did you make friends? Yes. Was there like that survival solidarity? Absolutely. I still am friends with a lot of the people yeah, you put cool. into groups, uh-huh. like groups where you learn dialogue together or you learn how nice. to teach together. Yeah. And you know, I'm still in contact with those people. Yeah, cool. For me, it wasn't a horrible, horrible experience yeah. because I just stayed out of the way. Yep. And did my thing. My thing was not about at that time, you have to understand it's not like I had choices. Like Bikram Yoga is what I did and what I wanted to teach. Yeah. And there were no other trainings. So there's this beautiful sure. thing called choice that happened later on yeah. where you could go to other trainings. Um and there's so many people that do it so beautifully today. Oh. And there's such generosity of spirit that I really do. I, you know, I do think it's wonderful what has happened because they, mm. they're trying to detach themselves from the, the experience. Dude, from the, from the speedo. Yeah, yeah, I do. For me, it was the, I was at the right place at the right time. Yeah. There was, the, there was a little rumble about scandal at that point, but it didn't really bust open until I got back. Um, and like I said, it just kept my head down and I had one thought in my mind is I just need to get through this because I really cannot wait to share Mm. yoga and see a student. I remember thinking this over and over again. It's all going to be worth it when I see the student who never thought that they could do this, be able to do it. You know, can I just maybe as a bit of a sidebar, I think it's important to reflect here because hearing you speak, I mean, I was at that same time, uh, 2011, I was, actively investing my energy, my money, my time in the Anusara method. I was all over as much John Friend as I could get. I had all the DVDs and was doing them all the time. I was booked, you know, I'd done all of the basic teacher training. I was moving on to the next level. I was logging my hours. You know, I was I was in it. And um and here I am now. Um and and I think there will be loads of people listening, whether it's whether it's Ashtanga or para yoga or whoever your person is, there are so I, I would say at this point, if you've pursued a method that was you know, a, a, an internationally kind of recognized Shivananda, Sachinanda, Para Yoga, Ashtanga, whatever. At this point, more that more of us than fewer are at a point where we look back and go, shit, my dude was an asshole. Like that's actually just, you know, we're all there. And so it's it's not even about, I, I just wanted to vo- give voice to this because I think while some of these dudes are more um, prominent in sort of social landscape than others, I was there, you know. I spent thousands of dollars pursuing a course that was run by a guy who like, who had a Wiccan sex cult for fuck's sake and didn't pay his employees enough. I mean, hello, in hindsight, I pursued that. I don't know, but I'm glad I did because it got me here. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I think it's important to more than fewer of us have a shitbird at the head of our original lineage, I think. Yes. I think so too, especially if you have been in on your mat for over 15 years mm-hmm. or even over a decade, you're going to have something like that um, because yeah. I feel like it's just coming to, it's coming to light over yeah. the last, of the last, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are just 
it's coming to light and we're not ignoring it anymore. We're yeah. saying we don't like this. This is not the way it should be anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Whereas before, like I said, it, it, there was no choice. There was not like, oh, I have these seven different trainings to choose from. It was like, you go, you get trained, you come back, you can teach. Yeah. Otherwise, at the studios that are considered a Bikram studio, you can't teach. Yeah. You know, so yeah. for me, it was never about him. I didn't like I didn't want to stand out <laughs> in any way. I just wanted to make it through the training. You know, there's 400 people. So, you know, it's it's interesting, too. I think um, I think we're evolving in the conversation about um teacher and the teachings you know it seems it's been very polarizing you can some people say no you can't have the teacher and the teachings you've got to get rid of the whole thing you can't teach 26 mm -hmm. and 2 you've got to ditch the whole thing because it was made by it or you can't teach the primary series because he was a sexual abuse you've got to get rid of the whole thing um or no no no. you can keep the teachings and you can and you can you can take down the photo of patabi joyce but you can keep teaching vinyasa or whatever and i think there's been sort of two camps on that and I, and I feel like that conversation is evolving because for the people who said you need to get rid of it all, there's sort of not much left if yeah. you got rid of all the things. And so I think we're at a point where the conversation is becoming more nuanced and sort of sophisticated. We're maturing the conversation about navigating our own ways individually about what do, what, what do we feel okay keeping I still have the four desires on my bookshelf I'll probably reread it right um <laughs> and and there are some things that I am okay for me and some things that aren't but I think I'm excited about us all coming to a point where we can respect each other to trust that we're making conscious considered choices for that feel right for us finding the way navigating the way through like we were talking before the recording started I'm doing Navaratri via zoom at the moment with an ashram that has had a sister ashram in another state that closed down because of the findings we had a royal commission on childhood sex abuse Bajinga there was loads of it there that place doesn't exist anymore and I still go to this place yeah. albeit remotely but it's something that I've thought about and I think for everybody who's listening I'm excited about respectfully um sort of exploring individually the gray of these areas and um trusting each other to make informed decisions and and sort of mind our own business a bit about it too a little I mean I feel that I mean I don't practice speakroom anymore I have mm. not the speakrooms since COVID, mm. since our first quarantine, but I was moving away from practicing the 26 and two for two years before that, if I'm very honest with myself, yeah. there becomes a point in this series. And this is where people might find a little controversy with me. If you love Bikram yoga, and I'm not saying don't love it, but what I started to notice is the longtime practitioners, they all started having the same injuries. They yeah. all started yeah. having the same issues. Mm -hmm. And as someone that was working workshops and clinics, I mean, I did everything I could to figure it out, to help, to start saying, hey, maybe we should start doing a little arm balancing or come to my advanced class and you'll mm -hmm. gain the strength of knees. Your lower back isn't so messed up and imbalanced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have no, you know, abdominal walls, you know, there were, there were, so for me, I even started coming out of the 26 and two, not feeling great. Like uh -huh. yeah. I'm not feeling worse than I did. And yeah. so 
it it was starting to evolve. For me, it was hard to admit that because yes. I had written this book that was like this love letter to the yeah. Bikram Yoga community. It published and I started having issues with the sequence and couldn't really practice it as much. So I had to be kind of quiet about it because I felt like people wouldn't understand that I was having a change of heart. It really feels like coming out, honestly. It's it your whole, it's it's, your, I, this is my identity. This is how everybody knows me. And I've got this inner voice going, oh, this is not me, actually. This is not feeling good anymore. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, like yeah. I, I can't sit through a class anymore where they say your back should hurt like hell in a back bend. And my brain is going, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like it really shouldn't. It, you know, if you're doing it, with great technique, then it will be good. You know, you won't have pain, you know, so we got, you know, so there were just certain things that were, as I was evolving as a practitioner, as an instructor that just weren't sitting with me anymore. So I could feel like just kind of when, as I was starting to evolve away from my acting career, it was that same feeling of yes, like, I yeah, feel yeah. like I'm going somewhere else with this. Yeah. yeah. No. It's, it's similar in a way to what I was speaking about with Ali Temple in the last episode about um, finding yourself at an intersection where what you have, I don't know if it's a, t I don't know what sort of intersection, whatever, but when you realize <laughs> that, oh, I've worked really hard to get to this thing mm -hmm. and it's not the thing moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I was starting at that point, I was starting to get hired out to be a, a clinician and do workshops, which was, had always been my dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, at other studios and um, I had to kind of say but I don't really want to do it with the 26 and 2 anymore you know mm -hmm. um, and so it was what happened was I had signed up well I had already taken it so I've done I'm like every serial yogi right yeah like, bring we're it just, we're addicted they're... to trainings here well hello welcome, welcome to yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like a, a serial teacher trainer yeah. um not leading them taking them I've got to learn more I've got to learn more mm. um I I feel like I'm finally getting to the other side of that where I'm like <laughs> okay you know I'm <laughs> but I did um this teacher training I think I believe it was 2016 that was the next phase because for uh, the Ghosh lineage, which is where yeah. the 26 and 2 of the Bikram lineage. Was stolen uh, from. I'll say it. It's not my lineage. Yes, was stolen going, from. Please. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> was stolen from. Comes from this sequence of 84 asanas called the Advanced Series, right? Mm. Uh, and what, ha what was happening is people were starting to develop a 60 sequence series that was the mm. bridge the two and yep. I was like that is so smart sign yeah. me up I gotta go yeah so I went out to Bend Oregon and did a training there so I would be able to bring this back what also happened was that advanced sequence was no longer being taught no one knew it anymore in my area wow. I came okay. back from training and the one person that knew it had moved and then uh, there was like this decree that studios were not allowed to teach the advanced sequence. So at the same time from background. Okay. So it was like one of those things where it was like, okay, you know, but at that time I came back from teacher training. I was like, but I want to know how to do that. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I spent a lot of time and a lot of money, like flying all over the place, driving everywhere to, yeah. to get to the places I needed to get yeah. to 
take these classes. So when these trainings came out, it was like, I'm in, like, I, I would love that. Sure. So I went and I came back and I do still teach this class today, but I, I mean, I, I make a new sequence every time I do it, but it is based on the 84 asanas and I teach cool. an hour version of it. I teach that two to three times a week. Uh, what I love about that is very grounding. Mm. Whereas the other stuff that I teach is a little bit more workshoppy and you kind of never know what you're going to get. And we're going to work on, uh, you know, today we're going to really work on aid angle and everything that goes with aid angle, oh. That's you know, or we're going to really pull into all the Raja Kapo Tadasas, right? So it's sort of like a peak like pose that. kind of start. Class yeah, plan we have another style, power how the flow where it's super i call it power how the flow it's super creative you never know how i'm going to get you there but all of a sudden we're there my god <laughs> I, that class every day so we have the other class traditional hatha yoga that grounds you in a certain way and helps you set and see what goals you would like for your practice i think uh -huh. it's important to, to be able to see oh i really love this posture and i you know and it's there's very little flow in that class. Uh, it is a little bit more predictable than my other classes, which I also <laughs> think is needed. <laughs> when you're working in vast asana, you're working with me. Uh, I think my students enjoy the fact that they're like, I kind of know what's happening today. Yes, you know? uh, yes I, I know yeah. where we're going. I, yeah, I, know where we're I going love that with, feeling. Yeah, yeah, that continuity of surprise and adventure against tradition. And this is... Uh, this is kind of the way I know she's going to go every once in a while. I mix it up to keep them on their toes, but, um, for the most part, it's, it's a little bit more predictable. Um, so, uh, I went and did that training and came back and started teaching that at the studios. And I was one of two people in the area that was teaching it. Yeah. So it, it did open up a lot of doors for me at the same time. I saw how hard it was to bring this, to the people that needed it i would always end up at the schedule at like the really weird time yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 I, I was talking to a client um one of my private clients yesterday we had a coaching session and she's she's in the process of building a home studio and in the interim she's teaching at a hall and she's just moved there so she started two classes and the beginners full the wow. the, yeah. the it's not even called advanced it's just called like sort of I can't remember the but sort of slump somewhat yeah. progressed three sure. people five people yeah. and I think people just self-select right the it's, I think culturally probably Americans are better at saying oh fuck it I'll give it a go Australians are like oh I could never the worst case scenario I, I could never look like a dick in front of strangers but I, but I do think that students tend to self-select down. So yeah. when you decide, I, I want to do, it's, it's like when I was teaching regular classes at home here, people would stop me in the supermarket and say, oh, I heard that your classes are just too hard. I'd come otherwise, Amy, but, you know, it sounds like it's just too hard. No one will come. It's mm -hmm. interesting when you decide to take that path because <laughs> arguably it's not the most savvy business decision. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean... It's not, but if you love what you do, I'm yeah. so, so passionate about teaching what I teach and yeah. the program that I've developed that I, it, yes, I could. And my husband has even said this, like, you should teach like a beginner class yeah. <laughs> once a week. And I was yeah. like, but that's not what I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I, 
I, I think I'm really great at making the advanced stuff accessible. Yes. It's not about coming in and everybody's in, everyone's flying high and crow and everyone's in the deepest backbend possible. Oh my God, no. Like, so, you know, some of my students are like learning how to put their hands on the floor for the first time, yeah. you know, yeah. or what the great, what a great down dog looks like. Yes. Yes. Stuff like that, that yeah. uh, I think it's you're you're just not supposed to stay in beginner yoga <laughs> for forever and i think a lot of people grow bored with the practice because they do type down and say well beginner yoga is for me but i get that too i have had so many people in my life say tori your beginner class kills me i can't yes. imagine yes i get that. i get that too <laughs> you know your next level class and so um but do you know something else that comes up for me in hearing you speak? I, I know we're at almost at time, so I think you have to come back, Tori. Can we? Can you come back and we'll do another one? Because I haven't even asked you about the coaching stuff and I really want to, okay. But uh, maybe to sort of bring us towards a close for installment number one, everybody. Um, yes. the, <laughs> I remember being at the yoga barn in Ubud in Bali, right? And um, I think this was, it was probably just before Eat, Pray, Love. So mostly it was still just Australians. It wasn't totally overrun by, you know, this white people from all over the world. Um, but anyway, it's a huge, big bamboo-made structure and big wooden floor. And there's, a I don't know, 100 people in there taking a vinyasa class with this Indonesian dude who had, who, bless him, you know, and you can just tell that the teacher is loving himself and loving the act loving the um the energy from like he was really doing lots of unnecessary demos let's just put it that way oh <laughs> and so that you know he's pet peeve right yes. and and of course he's like look at me a kapatakon he doesn't know one and I'm like okay I guess he's telling us to do it so I'll, I'll do it and then he looked at me like you're not like this is, oh, this is just for me <laughs> anyway <laughs> right so the class progresses progresses and there's lots of dudes there young dudes who are probably there with their girlfriends who are probably trying to either impress their girlfriends or kept up with the other dudes but yoga is not really their jam and so they're doing all of this stuff like inversions headstands all sorts of stuff and I'm just looking around the room trying not to have you know empathetic sort of pain for their cervical spine do you know what I mean it's like oh your shoulder is going to hurt tomorrow dude oh fudge oh, if you fall now this is you're into the ER like just and so I think I, I think that perhaps particularly in sort of open level come and go big numbers not enough attention because you can't vinyasa in particular moving into advanced advanced air quotes advanced poses can be dangerous if you're not doing them with someone who can ex actually tell you what to do. Yes. Yeah. And I do think that though I love a demo, uh, you, as a yoga teacher, you have to use them with discretion. Yes. People show your class to move. It's yes. not your show. It's yeah. not your show. Yeah. And yeah. so I have been in too many classes to count where I barely did anything because yes. it was demo after demo after demo. And I understand you're trying to get everybody on the same page, but you can do that with them. There is a very great way of doing that with them. If you break it down step-by-step step and have everybody with you and have your eyes on them. Like when I teach, I have multiple cameras in my space cool. with the screen. So I can see if I'm facing this way, Yes. see them just like I would when I was in the, in the room. Yeah. This is something I recently added and I'm like, 
yes, now my blind spot is gone, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I was very good at being able to see everybody and read their energy too. I think that's important for a yoga instructor to have as well as have that intuition that you can feel when someone's being too aggressive, yep. you know, yep. and you can yep. feel when someone's getting frustrated and it's your job to tamper that down. Or when they're uncertain or when they need a modification, but uh, too embarrassed to ask for one or whatever. Yeah. It's another reason why, you know, when I teach and teaching online is so bizarre um, in many ways, when it's always in a bubble, I always have the sound on unless someone really has something crazy going on because I need to hear you breathe. Yeah. You know, I, how am I going to be able to help you in a bath bend if I can't hear you breathe, Mm-mm. you know? So certain things like that, that I, you know, I know I do it a little differently and that some people don't want to have their mics on and stuff like that. I think that it's a big disservice to do online yoga with it, a closed, just this closed, I don't know. I can't do it. It's like, but, a but, I, but I think it depends on um people who are sort of going for the aesthetics of streaming yeah, or, but it's happening in real time or people who are going for let's get this as close to being in the room together as we possibly can. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think is it's about community, right? Yeah. That, Otherwise yeah. you could just show up and do it yourself with a recording all the time. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it, doing yoga is, is it's a shared practice. And I think that you, you evolve quicker in your practice when you share it with people. And so, yeah, it's not always like the most perfect sounding or, you know, all of that stuff. But I think that there's something to be said for having an instructor that can hear you breathe or hear mm. you groan or hear you laugh when I make a joke. It's or just ask a, a question more. in the middle of something rather than type it into the chat. <laughs> yeah, like I don't do, I could not, I could not handle that. Like I, I love when my students are like, can I see it again? And that's all mm. they have to say. Mm. Or can you say it differently? I'm like, absolutely. How can I say that differently? Or what hand is grabbing what? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or when I'm doing something really weird or tricky or something they haven't done before, I love how one person will laugh and then they'll all laugh because they're all like, they feel, we all feel like we're in the same room. They all laugh and they go, okay, she's crazy. And then they go back to the mat and they do it and they go, okay, you're not as crazy as I thought, you know? Oh, sounds so, that's yeah. so, I love that. I love that. All right. Okay. So we're, we're coming to the completion of installment number one of our conversation. I really <laughs> would love to have you back if you'd come back, but Absolutely. I want to make sure people know where to find you. So tell, what's the name of your book? Oh, um, it's called views from the podium. That's right. The life and time of times of a hot yogi. Okay, I want to get it because as you were speaking earlier, I'd forgotten about what's that very famous book about Bikram teacher training? Yes, Hellbent. I loaned it to a friend years ago and I never got it back, but I feel like I want to read that again. Yeah, it's I I actually want to read it again. Maybe we should do it for, okay, maybe we'll do it for like December book club. Yeah, okay, cool. We can save it for book club. Um, uh, because I, I remember reading it and at that time I was so into Bikram yoga, it made me mad. Oh. Now I think I would like, and I like remember when I wrote, that. Yeah. When I wrote Views of the Pony, it was kind of like my answer to that <gasps> book. You know, like, no, look at all this positive, like, because there's, I sat down with five or six of my students and got their personal stories are in the book too, in between wow. my own personal stories. So, um, and oh my. it, 
it's men, women, all different, you know, all different types of people that I interviewed and their story about why this yoga was important to them. And it took two years to write, you know, I mean, it was a book. Uh, but yeah, no, you can find that on Amazon. All right. I'll, I'll find an Amazon link and put it in the episode notes. Your podcast is uh meet me on your mat everything's meet me on your mat okay great so we can find you everywhere socials website podcast the the website is meetmeonyourmat.yoga and then that just follows suit with instagram with uh, facebook all of that stuff if you put meetmeonyourmat.yoga into something i'm gonna pop up (laughs) and i might put the i'll so i'll put your website in the episode notes because people might like to check out i think i think um well, I'm always banging on about it. All of us should be taking classes. You know, we should all be students yeah. as well. And um, it sounds like what you're doing could be a great addition to teachers' personal practice. Yeah. I do have um, a few teachers in the mix. Yeah. Uh, and what I always hope to give to them as instructors is maybe creative sequencing. Totally. Like, you know, uh, I'm always thinking out of the box. I teach a fresh sequence every single day. Mm. We do not repeat, um, especially with the power Hatha flow. Uh, so it's always something new and fresh that you might want to add into your own classes. And, and really, that's what I would hope you would do if you find it compelling or you found it fun. I do believe that yoga should be fun. <laughs> I, I, I take your point. And I also think that fuck, it's nice to just go and be a student, you know, and turn your teacher brain. Like, I love it. I just, I'm thinking about going to an Iyengar tonight to just like, tell me what to do. Tell me how to fold my blankets. I just want you to tell me everything. Oh, and I love taking class without having to talk. It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. You're like, oh, I just get to posture. I just get to move through the sequencer, just, you know, move through whatever this this teacher prepared for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I love practicing. I think that every yoga teacher must practice. Mm-hmm. I think that it is so, so important that you get your practice in uh, mm-hmm. because it inspires you. Awesome, Tori, thank you. Meet me on your mat everywhere. <laughs> Thanks for being a great guest and um, taking all sorts of tangents and, and uh, sidebars with me. It was super fun. Oh, it was so fun. Thank you for having me. So there you have it, folks, another edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Hey, favor to ask. If you found the content useful, I would be very grateful if you could support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating. And if you've got a moment, a review would be super cool. No pressure, of course. Like I said earlier, if you have any suggestions for podcast topics in the future, I would love to be in service. DM me on Instagram at Amy Yoga Biz Coach. Take deep care.